Greetings, friends. Good morning, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. Today, we are resuming our study in the book of 2 Samuel. We're going to be reading chapters 12 and 13 today. Now, last week we read chapters 10 through 11, which dealt with the great sin of David, where he took Uriah's wife, Bathsheba, for himself and had Uriah killed in battle to cover up the fact that he had impregnated Bathsheba. Now, even though David is God's anointed and he's done many wonderful things and he's been faithful to the Lord and He's going to find that even as a child of God, or especially as a child of God, when you do something like this, grave, grave consequences and punishment come as a result because the Lord chastises and chastens those he loves. And so we're going to see David approached by the prophet Nathan, who's going to tell a little story that's really a famous story. And the judgment's going to come down from God that the sword will never leave David's house because of this thing. And he's going to give specific judgments. Your wives are going to be given to your neighbor in the sight of all. things like this and what we're going to see over the next couple of weeks few weeks is the complete unraveling of David's family Uh, almost like the judgment fits the crime right like you destroyed one man's family destroyed him and as a result that's what's going to happen to your family the sword will never leave your house. Whew, that'd be a terrible, terrible line to hear from God Almighty, wouldn't it? Well, without further delay, let's just dig right in. There's so many things to learn from all of this. And uh, I hope that it pierces your hearts. Maybe even puts a little bit of fear of the Lord into you. And... Uh, I hope it blesses you this morning. Let's begin. 2 Samuel, chapter 12. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him, and he said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, But the poor man had nothing save one little lamb, which he had brought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the warefaring man that was come unto him. And he took the poor man's lamb, and he dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing. 
and because he had no pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and one and of Judah, and if it had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Let's pause for just a second before we get to the judgment. Prophet Nathan comes in and tells him a little story of a rich man who had flocks and herds, tons of sheep, and a poor man who had one little sheep that he loved. And then the rich man took the poor man's sheep and dressed it for a, a friend or a traveler who had come to stay with him. Took the one thing that the man had. And David's furious over this story, thinks it's a true story. But Nathan says, no, you're the man that did this. And then he says, this is what the Lord said. You know, I gave, I, I gave you everything. I anointed you king over Israel. I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I even gave you all of Saul's wives. And if all of this had been too little, I would have given you even more. You see, the thing that David took, he had an abundance of, and that was women. He had plenty of wives, lots of wives and concubines. No shortage of pretty girls around. Uriah had his wife, Bathsheba. That's all he had. And David took that from him. Here's the judgment. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore, the sword shall never depart from thy house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thy own house. I will take thy wives before thy eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. Please note, so here's the punishment fits the crime. You took Uriah's wife, I'm going to take yours and give it to someone else in the and while you did it in private as a secret thing I'm going to do it publicly and so there's a, an event that's going to take place not this, in this week's reading but in a couple of weeks reading where this is going to come to pass let's continue on and David said unto Nathan I have sinned against the Lord and Nathan said unto David the Lord hath also put away thy sin Thou shalt not die, howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted, and he went in, and he lay all night upon the earth. 
And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not, neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, he spake, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will, then he, how will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth and washed and anointed himself, and changed his apparel. And he came into the house of the Lord, and worshipped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they sent bread before him, and he did eat. Then said his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou did fast and weep for the child by while it was alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise up and eat bread. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept, for I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now that he is dead, wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Please note, David clearly believed in an afterlife, right? And that a child goes to heaven. At least that's what David believed, right? Because, see, while the child was sick and alive, he was fasting and praying and he wouldn't eat and he was doing those things to humble himself before the God because he thought to himself, maybe if I humble myself, God will be gracious and not do the thing he's promised to do, but show me mercy instead. Child dies, there's no reason to fast anymore. So he washes up, puts on clothes, starts to eat, and his servants are bewildered by this. But he says, what's the point in fasting now the child's dead? He says, I will go to him, meaning when I die, I will see him again, but he will not be returning to me. Verse 24. And David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went in unto her and lay with her, and she bare a son and called his name Solomon. And the Lord loved him. And he sent by the hand of Nathan the prophet, and he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. And Joab fought against Rabbah of the children of Ammon and took the royal city. And Joab sent messengers to David, and he said, I have fought against Rabbah and have taken the city of waters. Now therefore gather the rest of the people together and encamp against the city and take it, lest, this, lest I take the city and it be called after my name. And David gathered all the people together and went to Rabbah and fought against it and took it. And he took their king's crowns from his head, the weight of whereof was a talent of gold with precious stones. And it was set on David's head, and he brought forth the spoil of the city in great abundance. And he brought forth the people that were therein, and he put them under saws and under harrows of iron and under axes of iron, and made them pass through the brick, brickelin. And thus did he unto all the cities of the children of Ammon. So David and all the people returned unto Jerusalem. Chapter 13, verse 1. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amon, the son of David, loved her. 
Alright, so what we have here is Absalom, David's son, has a beautiful sister named Tamar. And Absalom has a brother named Amon, but it's like a half-brother. Verse 2. And Amon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he said unto him, Why art thou, being the king's son, lean from day to day? Will thou not tell me? And Amon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, and make thyself sick. And when thy father come to thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come, and give me meat, and dress the meat in my sight, that I may see it, and eat it at her hand. So Amon lay down, and made himself sick. And when the king was come to see him, Amon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar my sister come, and make me a couple of cakes in my sight, that I might eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amon's house, and dress him meat. So Tamar went to her brother Amon's house, and he was laid down, and she took flour and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and did bake the cakes. And she took a pan and poured them out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amon said, Have out all men from me. And they went out every man from him. And Amon said unto Tamar, Bring the meat into the chamber, that I may eat of thy hand. And Tamar took the cakes which she had made, and brought them into the chamber of Amon her brother. And when she had brought them unto him to eat, he took hold of her, and said unto her, Come lie with me, my sister. And she answered him, Nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not this folly. And I, whither shall I cause my shame to go? And as for thee, now, thou, now shalt thou be as one of the fools in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, speak unto the king, for he will not withhold from, hold me from thee. Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, forced her and lay with her. And Amon hated her exceedingly. So did he hate wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her, and Amon said unto her, Arise, and be gone. And she said unto him, There is no cause. This evil was sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst unto me. But he would not hearken unto her. Then he called his servants that ministered unto him, and said, Put now this woman out from me, and bolt the door after her. Alright, please note, here's basically what happened. He pretended to be sick. He asked his... He asked his father, David, to have Tamar come and make food for him. She comes to prepare the food for him. He asks her to lay with him. She says, no, this disgusting thing, you know, don't do this. He forces himself upon her. Um, and now, after he's laid with her and defiled her, now all of a sudden his the appeal that she had to him is gone. So immediately he now hates her as much as he loved her before that moment. And now he says, now he's sending her away. And she's like, well, you did, you did that. You took me for yourself. Now sending me away is worse than what you did to me. But he does it anyway. Okay, so she's going away in complete shame. She's been raped by her brother. 
and she had a garment of diverse colors upon her. For with such robes the king's daughters that were virgins appareled. Then his servant brought her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garments of diverse colors that was on her, and laid her hand on her head and went on crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Hath Amon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister, he is thy brother, regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. And Absalom spake unto his brother Amon neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amon because he had forced his sister Tamar. And it came to pass, after two full years, that Absalom had sheep shears in Balhazar, which is beside Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold now, thy servant hath sheep shears. Let the king, I beseech thee, and his servants go with thy servant. And the king said unto Absalom, Nay, my son, let us not all go down, lest we be chargeable unto thee. And he pressed him, howbeit he would not go, but blessed him. Then said Absalom, If not, I pray thee, let my brother Amon go with us. And the king said unto him, why should he go with thee? But Absalom pressed him that he let Amon, all the king's son, go with him. Now Absalom had commanded his servants, saying, Mark ye now when Amon's heart is merry with wine. And when I say unto you, Smite Amon, then kill him. Fear not, have I not commanded you? Be courageous and be valiant. And the servants of Absalom did unto Amon as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's son arose, and every man got him up on his mule and fled. And it came to pass, while they were in the way, that tidings came to David, saying, Absalom has slain all the king's sons, and there is not one of them left. Then the king rose and tore his garments and lay on the earth, and his servants stood by with their clothes rent. And Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother, answered and said, Let not all my lords suppose that they have slain all the young men? the king's sons, for Amon only is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this has been determined from the day that he forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore, let not the Lord, my lord king, take this thing to heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amon only is dead. But Absalom fled, and the young man that kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's son came, as thy servant said, so it is. And it came to pass, as soon as he made an end of speaking, that, behold, the king's sons came, and lifted up their voice and wept, and the king also and all of his servants wept very sore. But Absalom fled, and went to Talmiah, the son of Amudahud, Amidhud, king of Geshur, and David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled, and he went to Geshur, and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amon, seeing he was dead. That is the end of 12 and 13. And this is just the beginning of the fall of David's own personal life and household with his sons. 
especially just the beginning of his fallout with his son Absalom. And it's just, it's really it's really sad to see, and it's hard to see all this unravel, and to think that all this started with one man's sin. You see, I think we fail to see the dom, like the domino effect of our sin. David's sin has led to his household being cursed, which has led to his daughter being raped by one of his sons, to now that son being killed by the other son, and now his other son, whom he loves, has fled, and now that relationship is falling apart, and the dominoes will continue to topple. Don't let any pastor, any church, anyone convince you that your actions don't matter. They matter. They have consequences, sometimes lifelong consequences that follow us forever. One bad, sinful decision can lead to a complete destruction of another area of our life. Even if God loves us and forgives us, which he did David, he put away that sin, it says, so that David would not die, but he said the sword will never leave your house. Like there's, there's a price to pay for, for choosing evil. There's a price to pay for disobeying God, going your own way, and doing something foul. And David will reap this, unfortunately. Well, that's all I have for you this morning. I pray that you've been blessed that your hearts have been pierced, that you feel closer to the Lord, maybe even a little fear of the Lord. For He is to be feared. That's the beginning of wisdom. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for those of you who support this and make it possible. I couldn't do it without the Patreon subscribers and those of you who donate through PayPal and through the mailbox. Thank you so much. Your prayers also. Uh, I'm sure that I've only made it this far with this podcast seven years in. The only way I've done this is because of your prayers and God's grace and mercy. So thank you for that. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.